Welcome to Are We There Yet? A podcast for people with ADHD, exploring the idea of how we define and perceive success. My name is Ross, and I have ADHD, and throughout this podcast I'll be interviewing people about their careers and achievements, and asking them what success looks like to them, what they've done to get to where they are now, and what they still want to achieve. On today's episode we have Dr Ducky, who is a medical doctor here in the UK. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to Dr. Ducky today, mainly because I definitely had a hand in the alias Dr. Ducky. Oh, tiny bit. <laughs> oh, it was all me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was entirely. Yeah. So I know, obviously, this is a weird situation. Mm. Just interviewing someone about why they do what they do, how they did what they did, and kind of what motivated you to get there okay but first mm-hmm. what I wanted to say was or what the question I wanted to ask first of all was just what is your thought on success like what would you say makes someone successful well it's a very big and broad question that's the first thing um but it's um for me it's it's about being happy and feeling fulfilled um i mean and you know basic needs being met like you know not being hungry and having shelter and all those bits ideally (laughs) but um but uh but if they are a given then um yeah it's about being happy feeling fulfilled and for me it more personally it's about um, doing things that make me happy on a day-to-day basis and feeling supported to do that. Believe it or not, when I went into medicine, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a surgeon." And no, I didn't. Not really. Not entirely. Like a bit of me was like, "Oh, that's that's kind of cool," and I'll and I'll I'll join Medicines on Frontier and I'll travel the world and I'll do blah 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 blah. So, it wasn't what I actually was good at or interested in, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but yeah, things don't always quite. With that, that side of it, though, with becoming a surgeon, what was the like, or even just getting into the field that you're in? Mm. Like, I initially I wanted to be a vet, then someone told me it was seven years. Then I wanted to be an architect, then someone told me it was seven years. So then I worked in shops. Um, like, what was the I can't imagine how daunting it would have been to be actually go, oh, yeah, let's go to university for X amount of time, spend X amount of money, like, doing this. Like, was it your passion to get into it or...? Yeah, it was, it was kind of mixed. Um, so, um, so from a very early age, I had a lot of interest. Um, yeah, this feels so ridiculous. Um, so, but I was... Genuinely, really, really interested in how I mean, interested in how anything works. I like to tinker with things and figure out stuff. Um, and for me, um, like people, things, bodies were just amazing, and I just thought it was really, really cool and really interesting. And then the whole like human factor makes it even more interesting because we're weird, 
So, um, <laughs> like how we do things and what our choices are, and, and then that has obviously a huge impact on health generally. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that was like an early fascination. Now, I'm pretty sure that was kind of uh, directed somewhat <laughs> by, by my parents because um, being um, British Asian as I am, um, I. Um, I come. And my, my my family had a very definite idea of what they deem as or deemed as success. Because I think my parents have have over the years um, kind of mellowed a bit <laughs> um, and um, and 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 learned a lot more about what success really means. Like they their idea of what it was back then was to make sure the kids make sure the kids do study to a high level whatever that might mean um and in order to do a uh i want to say an a a a well i'm doing air quotes (laughs) i was like this is not going to work on the podcast Uh, like a like a, a well um, regarded uh, vocation. So like so it was about status, status yeah, and title. That was, was it. Status. But what what for my mum when I talked to her more about what she actually meant by that? She's not the kind of person, and my dad to some extent, but more my mum. She just totally couldn't see the point in going to university to study something that was really vague like business management geography or whatever it had to be like a means to an end so if you go to university Mm. you study law you study medicine you study architecture you study engineering there is a mean it's a it is about um, a vocation so uh, Mm. nursing midwifery whatever it is that you're doing it to achieve something else um as in to get into a certain field um and of course there's always you know there, there is prestige associated with the career and you know i do often wonder why but um <laughs> inside it's like what um but um yeah there are other ways of, 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 of getting certain things um, and um but but it definitely it it's very much comes from the kind of like I think from my parents' point of view, it was kind of like the the, the immigrant thing where they w- just want to work really hard to make sure that their kids make choices that they can support themselves. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what, that was their idea of success. Right, okay. Um, so, and they very much guided me. So they, and both of my parents are very sort of science-minded, so they were very much like, well, of course you're going to study something in the science area. So, like, it doesn't even, you're not even going to, like, I was considering that I do struggle with writing and stuff. I was actually quite good at languages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bit where I was like, oh, I quite like study languages. My parents are like, what are you going to do with that? And it was always, <laughs> what are you going to do with that? If I suggested something that wasn't medicine, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to do with that? And then, Doctor um, or nothing, that's it. <laughs> well I don't know but it sounds pretty cool I've gone in Spain for a year you know it's just like um um 
and I did I railed against it actually a lot even though I knew in my heart that actually I was interested in it because I didn't want to be this stereotype I didn't want to be a good little girl do what my parents told me um <laughs> it, it, that's the thing though it's when like your ambition in theirs line up and you're like but but I really want to do this but I don't want to do it because you told me to do it I want to do it because exactly. I told me to do it yeah so I really like in those um just bef- so kind of around GCSE time um I there was a lot of um I guess rebellion I suppose um it, it there was there was a lot of a lot of words <laughs> and there was a lot there was a lot said um and like my sister before me so she's a she's my older sister she um she's also a medic and she she probably shouldn't have gone into medicine not because she doesn't enjoy it now she does all the rest of it but she her she was pretty she's, she's pretty much an artist basically she she mm. should have she really should have done that. She's amazing. Uh, certainly, certainly was back then when she was doing it all the time. Um, and she, um, and she, I know that she was not as happy to have done what she did. Like I'm pretty sure I'm more suited to it, temperament generally, and interest, which is weird. Um, and I also didn't want to be like my sister, so I was like, I don't want to be like. I don't want to. You know, there was so much I was trying to. But then um, I don't know what it was exactly that made me go, hang on, but you are, you've got to just, you have to do something that you will be always interested in. And that's, I think, what persuaded me because I know I clocked very early, way before ADHD was even, I'd even knew anything about it. I clocked very early that I have to be interested in what I'm doing otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I have to maintain that level of interest, otherwise it's just gone. You have no Yeah, I think there's um a thing as well where it's uh, knowing that there are multiple routes once you're in there yeah. helps. Yeah. Like Absolutely. you could you could say, Oh, I wanna be a GP or mm-hmm. I wanna be a, an oncologist or I wanna be what and you just know that you have to get to that correct me if I'm wrong here, but you just have to get through that first kind of Gateway yeah, yeah, yeah. of, yeah, I've now got my doctorate. Now I need yeah. to serve my time, and then I need to figure out where I'm going. So you will get people who are incredibly, incredibly driven right from the beginning. They know exactly what specialty they want to go into. They have, they will do, um, they will do the, all the whole like hmm. basic degree because they have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they are like. They're definitely jumping through hoops for, for certain bits. And then you'll get other people who are, have got an idea of what the things that they like and the things that they definitely don't like. But they're kind of just bumbling through because, like, they know, <laughs> they know they kind of want to do it, but they don't really know what they want to do. And that's kind of, I'm definitely more in that camp. Well, no, it's not technically true. I had an, I had a, something that I really did want to do. Uh, and I kind of vaguely followed it a little bit. Um, but I allowed that dream to disappear um, because life is hard and 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 my confidence was knocked in many many complex mm-hmm. ways. Um, but excitingly, having found out about my ADHD and trying to work with it. 
has made me go, well, you know what, you got to try it. So I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully be giving it a bit of a bash, but we'll see. If I don't try it, I'll always regret not trying. So that's yeah. what I think. So the next part that I kind of wanted to move on to was, do you think that your ADHD was a hindrance or a help? Because you were diagnosed late in, later in life. Very late, a few months ago. <laughs> so I'm 35 now. So yeah, a few, few months ago. Um, a help or a hindrance? Do I have to pick one? Could it not be No, no, no. A hundred percent you can pick both because I, I that that's kind of what I was... I, it's kind of a loaded question because I was kind of hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, because that, that's kind of my experience with it. On one hand, uh, I, I make very good first impressions because I'm excitable and I'm loud and I'm happy and I talk to everybody like they are just a person. And I've been commended at work because I speak to senior uh, stakeholders like they're normal people and yeah. I'm always happy and I'm excited and I'm all this but I've also been reprimanded because I've spoken to senior managers like they're normal people and I'm excitable all the time I make a great first impression but they don't realize that that stays like I there's the whole thing about masking I can't mask I just it, I, it's just it's not something I've ever been able to do I'm not being able to pretend I'm not this bundle of energy yeah and like for example best example of it uh, when i got diagnosed now i only got diagnosed september 19 but when i got diagnosed at 29 i got medication mm -hmm. and someone who our paths crossed but we didn't work directly with each other uh, came over to me and was like oh ross can i speak to you for a minute and i was like oh, instantly in my head and like who have I spoke to on her team? Who have I had an argument with? Who have I upset? What's happened? Right, let's go. And we went in and she was like, are, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. Yeah, fine. She's like, you're sit, you've just been really quiet recently and you've sat at your desk and you've just kind of got on with stuff and like you've not been your normal bubbly, excitable self. And I was like, that's what they pay me for is to sit at my desk and... <laughs> And she was like, right, but I just wanted to make sure you weren't down or nothing was going on behind the scenes. And I was like, it's really nice of you to look like look out sweet. for me like that. It's like, it's lovely. Really. And I was like, but actually, it's just because like I got diagnosed with ADHD and now I'm Medicaid. <laughs> it's like, normally, there's a line that everyone's at and I'm up here. <laughs> so when I get, like, quiet, I'm at the same level as other people are at. But it yeah, seems yeah, to everyone yeah. else like I've got depression. Yeah, because it's like, not what they used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's funny. It's funny because um, it's interesting and funny um, that you say about how about masking because basically I've masked my entire life, um, and unless I'm until very recently, basically. Yeah, since since I've three months ago. <laughs> this whole this like uh, so this year's been interesting in many many ways. But one of them was that I was very poorly at the start of the year, um, and that's kind of what kick started looking at things a little bit harder, um, generally. Um, and um, where was it going? Yeah, it's gone. You were talking about masking. 
Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so, um, so um, masking. Um, so it's in some ways. Um, before then, I would at school and um, to an extent in different situations. Um, not, very few situations when I was growing up where I wasn't masking. So when I was with my family. Um, and when it was a teenager with friends that I got to know very, very well, um, and I could let it slip a little bit. Um, and then there were a group of friends who didn't know me in the context of school at all. That was through music and we were ridiculous. It was amazing. Um, I got, I got to be my normal self every Saturday. Mm. Awesome. Um, and, um, uh, and then, uh, but then when I went to medical school, I mostly heavily masked and I definitely have done heavily, heavily since I started working, which is, has made me miserable. It's made me utterly miserable. And it's such an effort to dampen all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and my job is hard and I'm a mum too and all of these things add up and I, something's got to give and it mm-hmm. did um and um so what's interesting is though although I am now I am medicated I'm working on better ways of doing what I do and trying to find strategies that work better for me as an individual so that I can be more efficient generally and mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting there but slowly but at least I know about it now right and mm-hmm. and um and so um but what I'm actually finding and the thing that is making me a lot happier just generally is I'm I'm allowing myself to unmask in all areas of my life so everybody finds out what Duffy's really like um and it's almost like I've been diagnosed and I suddenly start seeming like I might be a bit ADHD <laughs> but you know it's just like it's like the um ah the garrulousness the over exuberance the excitedness the yeah we're gonna do this and all of that is now coming out um in a way that I never no that I really 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 worked hard to not show but because of that people um so I've <laughs> I've been a trainee for a long time um partly for lots well I'm not going to that been a training for a long time. <laughs> and, um, uh, Is that and... the hindrance part you were talking about? Yes, yes, definitely. And it's through the masking side, actually, partly. Mm. Um, and um, they, that, um, blah, blah, what was on? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's gone. Uh, no, it's really gone. So the other thing I should say about this podcast, we are doing it when my meds are completely they've gone yeah it's all good it's good it's uh, interesting certainly um i really have lost the plot now uh what was i trying to say about yes so it's almost like um so there are certain members of staff who know mm-hmm. not many at all um uh, and um most of my colleagues don't know um some of and i'm actually in a play that was what i was gonna say 
so I've been a trainee for quite a long time. In the region that I'm in, it's not the biggest training region, if that makes sense. I've moved mm -hmm. around yep. to hospitals as is normal. And a lot of people know me as this extremely mousy, extremely quiet, very shy, very underconfident, always questioning yourself. That's not a bad thing. Questioning yourself is a good thing. That is a good thing. And I'm going to continue to do that. But the like the um I will take that helpful struggling, struggling to make decisions because I'm overanalyzing stuff. Um mm -hmm. and 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 all behind a very quiet and underconfident exterior. But that has been because I purposefully, although pretty unconsciously, um very heavily hold myself back or have been so I have to go I have to think I am going to be myself and this is what I have to do every day is like I'm going to mm. I'm going to do this as me and not as what I because basically what it is is I've always I, I as a lot of people with ADHD I really really struggled with the idea and experience of feeling uh, humiliated and feeling um, like I'm not good enough and that is mm -hmm. very common I'm sure with a lot of people yeah so I, what I do is I go into myself and I try not to give myself the opportunity to make those mistakes that would get me underestimated does that make sense? yeah you don't want to be a uh... It's kind of like the undermining things. You don't want people to be like, oh, such and such won't be able to do that because they're shy or they're quiet or they're this. Yeah. And you're like, well, actually, no, I can. I'm yeah. hiding that part of me because yeah. I'm and trying you know, to be comfortable. Yeah. And you know, the really, the really weird thing is actually, I say that I'm, I've always been masked at work. That's partially true. Partially. I would be masked with my colleagues. But if you put me in front of a patient and give me a task of looking after them, I'm not even slightly masked. So, um, so that's I, very interesting, I find. Well, I was actually going to, I was wanting to ask that. Uh, do you mind if we talk about what your specialty? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so uh, do you want to say what, because uh, yeah. there's technical terms I don't necessarily... Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I am a, I'm a, a, a registrar doctor in um, in general paediatrics, um, and uh, that means I'm kind of they call it middle grade. So I'm trying to think what the term in America is. I think it's equivalent to resident, um, and um, I am. In, in the UK, paediatric training is currently eight years, full-time years, but because I now work less than full-time, I'm kind of, I've been in this game for a little while now, I'm, uh, I'm in that, the equivalent of the fifth year of that, but... Um, wait, 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 sorry, I, I have to interrupt for a second. It's all right. Eight, eight years in paediatric, is that after university or is that including yeah so there's unit no 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 this is long right so there's so there's um so you got your university however long that's going to take you to get through usually five or six years 
Um, then you got your foundation training, so that's your like a little bit of lots of stuff to kind of get a well, yeah, foundation, a base. Yeah, two years, and then if you go straight through like I did, I went straight from that to into training, and a lot of people just kind of go, I don't know what to do with myself, <laughs> or I want to get a bit more experience in X, Y, Z before I make a decision. Um, yeah, peers training is long, and it has always been pretty long, um, and that's because children are tricky <laughs> and, and um it's important to get it right um so uh there's only so much you can learn at medical school um yeah pediatrics and medical mm-hmm. school is like hardly anything so the tiny bit so, um so it's so i chose mm-hmm. it partly because i knew that i would always be learning always. so just for anyone who does happen to listen to this podcast, I, I'm in total awe right now at the fact like I didn't understand. I got that it was a lot of work. I didn't realise it was like, here's university. And also, before you have a specialty, this is like another decade of work you have to do. Oh, which yeah. Is yeah. Just, well, it's it's different. It's different for other specialties. Um, there are a few that are as long as this one. It's probably it's one of the longer ones, um, for sure. Um, you can train to be a GP in three years. That's a lot quicker, right? <laughs> so um, I have so much less faith in my GP now. Um. <laughs> on the other hand, a lot of GPs will do other things first. So that mm-hmm. time between that base, like the base years, in, in between, a lot of GPs will do other things um and like kind of but then there are people who who know that they want to do that and they'll go straight into it but um yeah quite a few will do other stuff first and uh but uh, but yeah it's a long haul and part of it part of my mm-hmm. choice in, for pediatrics was it's, it's about that constant learning but i think any any kind of doctor will always be have new, new things to learn mm-hmm. and there are always advancements and, and changes in, in how we approach different things um, so that it genuinely is something that you constantly be learning um, and finding out new things and better ways of doing stuff, and better ways of um, uh, mm-hmm. doing patient care. Essentially, that's the main main thing behind all of it. Um, and um, and that's part, yeah, a big part of why I chose the subject that I did because basically I was just like I want to learn new stuff and it's, I'm always like I want to learn new stuff that's my thing I like I really get a buzz from um learning new yeah and I I've I have you know you've talked about being in lots of different jobs like I I had a lot of like little things I did alongside medical school and stuff um but that's you know that was just you know, in my rent and stuff but it um but it wasn't like and I was never in I would only do it for like uh, each thing I did I'd do for a few months and then move on to something else and that was but that was because I knew that I had to do that to keep doing it um and um what I was going to say is in medicine Mm -hmm. because of the nature of the training you're constantly moving I've never been anywhere in 18 months See, that's kind of my thing at work. I've worked for the same company for coming on 12 years. I've worked in, oh, I've lost count as to how many different locations, but I think I've had maybe five main jobs because I didn't keep any for longer than, or it gets to the two year mark and I start looking at that point. 
there was something I just wanted to go back to when you were talking about masking at work. Yes. And doing it so that certain people know and yes. like it, you're slowly trying to put, bring down uh, so it's more widely accepted and things. Yeah. Um, someone at my work, I, I had a mixed reaction because mm. the day I got diagnosed, mm. I went in with a, everyone's been talking about mental health and what we can do for mental health. And I had yeah. not so much a breakdown, but I had a massive anxiety thing like nine months before, yeah. uh, which was basically, I had this horrible fear, fear every time I left my house that my wife had left oh. and that she'd taken the kids. Now, oh, God. Here, here, oh. here's, I'm a very logical person. Yeah, that. My wife can't drive. Right. We live in a village in the middle of nowhere. She, I'm not saying I have a trap here. She is allowed to leave. She gets an hour outside every day. But no, um, it's logically there was no way that she could get her and my kids. It, like it just, it just wasn't a thing that could happen. Yeah, it wasn't. But I go to the shop, and then I'd phone her because I'd forgotten what I was going to the shop for. Yeah. Uh, and she wouldn't answer her phone. Yeah. Um, and then panic would set in, and then I'd phone her on Facebook. And then she would answer that. And then I'd phone her on WhatsApp. And she would, bear in mind, all these three things are all on the same device. Yes. If she didn't answer any of them, panic station. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. I'd been with my wife for 10 years. She's never answered her phone the first time I called it in 10 years. But <laughs> I had this, basically, I had this massive like anxiety thing. That she, this, was what's, this was what was happening. Yeah. Uh, and when I got diagnosed, the doctor like asked about my anxiety and things and I said to her like what it was <laughs> she went and said like how old are you I was like oh, I'm 29 and she went and started like February turned 29 in January mm-hmm. and she's like right and she was asking me about my goals and things like earlier on in the conversation it was quite clever the way she did it uh, and then she went right so earlier on I told her that I had this like petty competition in my head where it was I wanted to be married with kids career mortgage like picket fence car like all this yeah, like got this thing arbitrary in stuff yeah. by 30. oh right you had your yeah okay and because i'd done it all by 29 instead of being happy mm. what had happened is i basically given myself a timeline to lose it oh. so i <laughs> i'd given myself 12 months to somehow just everything to be gone and that would start with my wife and kids and then if they went I'd fall apart and then lose job and anyway it would all kind of fall apart from there anyway the um, I don't know how I got onto that sounds like a really really sad Mm. place to be in that's I'm so sorry that's wow it's okay you're not my subconscious Oh, uh, <laughs> sounds like it, it, that was a really tough tough time oh it was it was horrible yeah. it was genuinely horrible especially yeah. since i forget a lot of stuff and i have to go to the shops a lot and i have to phone back a lot yeah. uh, and you can imagine from my wife's point of view mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you phoning me all the time mm-hmm. stop it why are you phoning me in a mad panic being like i don't know what you wanted milk bread and what else mm. um but what had basically happened, uh, so that all happened, then I got diagnosed, and I was like, 
I've been going to this men's support group, uh, Andy's Man Club. It done a lot for me, mm-hmm. and I kind of my anxiety kind of dulled down by then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a beacon of positivity for mental health. They'll come in and they'll be like, I have this. Right, okay. Uh, and come in, it's my lovely, fabulous self. Um, and I started at nine. And by half past 10, I decided I wasn't going to tell anybody else. Okay. <laughs> because there was the... Oh, that's really in. Hmm? How, how many people did you... Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Of course I did. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, I had the, uh, the reaction of, oh, that's really interesting. Can you tell me more? And then I had the reaction of, yeah, I thought you already had it. Like, I didn't realize, like, there's so many people I've met who are like, how did they miss it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's the, the last one, which was probably the most horrendous thing anyone said to me yet about it, which was basically, oh, my daughter almost had that. A doctor said to her once that if he could, he would have diagnosed her with her on with it on the spot, but we didn't take her back there, so she doesn't have that. And I was sitting there going, "She she probably does. You does. know, like that. You don't 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 say that." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I was like, "I'm not going to say anything." Yeah. And then because I'm like a monkey at a typewriter, there are only so many words in the English language, and ADHD starts with an A when I in the alphabet, so like. I, I talk about it all the time. And someone said to me, I don't think you should tell anybody at work. And I was like, why not? And he was like, because they'll judge you on it. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. Because then it's, when, if you're judging someone harshly on it, and you're like, oh, they've got ADHD, that's right. You, you're you still giving them the benefit of the doubt. You're still giving them that little bit more because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's for the right reasons or not, Yeah. You're, you're still going, oh God, they've got that. That's why he's done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a some element of understanding, even if it's mm-hmm. even if it might be skewed and wrong and incorrect. There is a oh, but I, I have an explanation for that. Explanation. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, 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 this uh, colleague then said to me, "How many people have you told?" And I was like, "How many people do I talk to?" <laughs> um. He's like, right. He's like, if you are going to tell people, yeah. and he gave me three different options. He was like, you've got, you can either not tell anyone, yeah, and not talk about it. Mm, that's not. Or, <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> or tell everybody and be like a beacon for it, and like tell and the big thing of support in that. Mm-hmm. Or you tell everyone and then you do nothing about it, which is the one I've been doing mainly. So I'm like, I have ADHD, but I'm not going to really explain that to anybody. I'm just going to tell you because I assume you know what it is, Um, which isn't the case at all, which I'm now finding out. So I'm now starting to do more things that work with it, where they've done a thing recently about uh, invisible disabilities. Now, I don't necessarily class my ADHD as a disability, but I know it it is there and people do. It's of itself, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Another topic for another day. Um, But I've... (laughs) um but yeah i said so i I, i've now decided that i'm going to try and be more of a beacon for it but what i think is interesting as well is see when you're talking about masking Mm. and you're talking about like the um, you're you're now trying to give yourself place you you had places where you could unmask 
yes. like throughout your life and you had people you could unmask with without realizing it because I didn't know the terminology and things that's kind of what the parties were like okay. the ADHD parties yeah because it started off as a place where basically I just wanted someone to talk to because isolation was horrible yeah. Uh, yeah. and it then ended up in this place where like, people would come and if someone would interrupt someone someone would apologize and then be like no 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 We're, you don't have to apologize we all know what it's like it's fine I know it's our first reaction like, but you don't have to yeah. F- like, this that is- urge is, is uh I co- I'm very poor at that but I'm working on it well yeah there's I'm the same I I apologize a lot but I also argue a lot but I try I'm one of these people who plays devil's advocate a lot so if I for me to understand that I need to have argued it out yeah yeah that makes sense yeah I need to because otherwise what's going to happen is I'm going to leave you and I'm going to overthink it and then I'm going to have a bunch of questions that you've not answered um, well, that's helpful too in the learning process. So, mm-hmm. things that. I, this is the whole thing. Like my, we, we are very different people. You went down an academic route, and you have this very, very like highly stressful job that, that, that let's face it, there's a lot on the line. Mm. I went down a different route where I like to call it fake pressure. Like, okay. do, do you know what? Do you know what happens if I do something wrong in my job? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing goes wrong. Do you know how like senior managers and like the it kind of gets blown up? You'd think I was sitting there like going, so this is anthrax. I accidentally dropped it at the local swimming pool. Is that okay? Like it's totally <clears throat> I just I don't uh, so I but there's things that I stress out about that are like weird things. Like today I had to do like a presentation pack and I sent it to someone and they came back to me and went, right, hey, can you just slightly change it and put in a bit more detail? And then I sat there and I felt like I was in school again and I reread the same paragraph like 40 times. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I phoned up my manager and went, do you have something else I can do? And she was like, why? And I was like, I need a palate cleanser. I need something that I can go away, come back, and then come back to this, that. And once I do that, bang, it'll get done probably quicker than most. But it's, see, when it comes to the success, it's the, it's good that you've said about like your family's version of success, like what they kind of, it was more about status and it, yeah. or that, and it was the impression of state and state thing. Yeah. Uh, I genuinely, because they're not, they're not medics. They didn't really know what it means. So, um it's a good thing I found something that I like I'm mm-hmm. lucky that I found something that I like and I'm doing something that I like um, yeah my my parents expectation was they just wanted me employed um but actually no my parents I think they totally different subject really but their subject their topic of parental success was they wanted me to be independent yeah. And unfortunately, they got their wish too much. Uh, <laughs> and I'm way more independent than they ever thought I would be. Um, like with, with, with my parents, but in a di- it came out in a different way because they want their, their main aim was I would I'd be educated, 
like to whatever degree but I would mm. be in as I said it would be a vocation it would be something that I could they could they could imagine and envisage and they could see what it was the job they could see they could understand have an understanding mm-hmm. a very clear understanding even if they might be quite incorrect about it um, a very clear understanding of what they think that I'd be in a certain job and that I would be independent. So there was always like, you can do whatever you want to do. You work mm-hmm. with blah, 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 all this chat, all this chat. And then there was, and then it was like, yeah, but you, you, you're going to, you, you, you're going to get, you're going to marry a guy. That was the first thing. You're going to, you're going to, it will be someone that we approve of. You know, it, it will be, it, there was a whole lot of other stuff. And I'm like, excuse me. You raised me to think that I can be whatever I want to be. Air quotes again. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and that doesn't. That isn't. You can't just have it in terms of academic success, <laughs> academic whatever, and and career and stuff. You, you can't switch it on, switch it up. Well, I can't switch it on, switch it off. Um, mm-hmm. So you either raise me like that and expect me to be independent, or. I don't know they would have struggled to raise me any other way to be honest but um but um so there was you know I talked about that kind of railing against the plan of that kind of plan Mm -hmm. there was an awful lot of an awful lot of railing against the other aspects of this trying to raise me as independent but actually when they realized what the monster they're oh wait that's what independence looks like (gasps) yeah it's like what does that mean (laughs) But I really like for me personally, it is a huge point of pride that I'm the breadwinner in our family and that mm. I'm, I'm like, I know that if it all went horrendously wrong, that I in some in a lot of ways, I could still find a means of employment and mm-hmm. put you know food on the table that kind of thing like it's it's for me like i know that if it came to it i could do it by myself and you know there's a lot of there's a lot it's very loaded for me you 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 literally have the most useful job in the world because there 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 is it's you're you're literally a doctor that is like i can't think of any situation where that can't be useful like i mean like not as in a situation where oh i'm at the bank and i need to figure out how to get my uh, mortgage on a better like no but like, i mean like if you think of in any country in any yeah like, yeah and in any scenario like there's and, teachers there's doctors yeah like, and so from, again that goes back to what my parents were when that they mm-hmm. worked for me which was um you'll always be employable if you do this that's what it came down to mm-hmm. But if you if you do this, there will always be a job. It might not be the thing you love, but you will have a job if you want it. Um, and 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 you can travel the world. You can do all these mm. things that you're talking about doing, but you can do it via this way. And I, and I I do get what they were saying, but I think there was a little bit of heavy handedness about. <laughs> there was a, yeah. If I really didn't want to do it, I think I would be a very miserable person. Because I, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, um, but yeah. So so obviously, in this field of pediatrics, I I come across 
I come across kids um, mm-hmm. who were referred in because of because of concerns about the possibility of neurodevelopmental stuff, and I meet kids, I mean people with with uh, ADHD and uh, who are autistic and all that, all this kind of stuff, and basically. Uh, at the my current post is is a is a lot to do with that field, um, and um, something that really got me recently. So we talked about disclosure um, to other members of staff, and um, I do occasionally disclose patients. And there's this one kid. He's in, towards the end of his um, secondary school, well, close to his GCSEs, but he's not quite there yet. And he is very close to permanent exclusion. He isn't getting into huge scrapes. It's really whatever. So I was like, well, okay, let's. I, I did a whole load of other bits of the uh, mm-hmm. assessment, and I asked him, but what do you actually want to do with yourself? And he was like, well, well, I really like making stuff, and I want to, and I thought about being an architect, but I can't because. I've slipped down all the sets at school. Like I'm no, nowhere I'm going to get the grades. So I thought about maybe joinery or building or something that I still get to have that, that creative. I'm kind mm. of hard living. That's kind of what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but he, basically, he was telling me that he had cer- certain ambition, then uh, and he has since amended that because uh, because of his behaviour has affected ha- his ability to engage with his education and that's really sad but not uncommon um and uh so we were talking specifically about success and what does that mean and what is he hoping for and that kind of thing and so basically i told him i told him that i have adhd and he the look on his face like this kid was like he was kind. He was engaging in the conversation, but most of it was his mom going, and he does this, and he does that, and all this kind of stuff. And he was just like, "Oh my god!" And um, uh, and and he, in a lot of ways, checked out the conversation. And as soon as I said that, his eyes, he, they just went. Bah! He was just. He was so. He was on it. He was like, "What mm-hmm. you? And, and and you're a doctor, and you, you know." And there was this whole. Like his whole like mind was like, what the hell? Like I, I mean, he knew that it was on the cards. Like people were thinking that that might be what he has, and I, mm-hmm. incidentally, I think he probably does. But um, that sometimes it can be very powerful. And I, but I, I, I don't disclose to everyone. But oh my goodness, if I, if any disclosure of mine can help any kid realize that there are things and it isn't the only thing that could stay could be a barrier there mm. are other it's not the thing I and mean, actually it can be very very helpful my supervisor says that she knows other adhd doctors and they always have an interesting way of looking at things and that's not a bad that's not a bad thing no not at all and that will be the same in any field mm-hmm. so yeah the difference seeing that it is things are possible yeah, it's 100% seeing as believing. And that that's the thing, that's kind of why I wanted you as a guest on here, yeah. was because it you, you're a unicorn. Mm. Uh, you, you do exist. 
I, I will flick that tooth and nail. It's the national animal of Scotland. Unicorns exist, right? Uh, and you you have ADHD and you've got this like great vocation. It's just it's unbelievable. And that like don't get me wrong, I I have a good job and I have a good career, but to me, mine's is like just basic skills that I've learned and you've had to intensely study. It's just, it's it's like a totally different language to me. It just doesn't compute, which is why I think a lot of people would, it, like that kid would be able to go, holy shit. Yeah, like, that's literally what it felt like he was thinking. He was like, what the <laughs> He was just like, what? <laughs> so I, I think I, I want I want people to listen to this and be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. No. Wait, you do what now? Um, and it's that there are advantages to it. I had a manager who was saying to me something along the lines of, oh, he's like, sometimes you 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 like talk back or you question things that you shouldn't question. You do this, and, you, and then sometimes I'll ask you to do something, and you do it in space of time that doesn't seem possible mm. and I'm like yeah that that's kind of because like my brain is works a, really fast when it needs to the problem is it's getting that difference between two and wants to yeah. but um, but yeah. anyway on that you, I'm you, sorry you mentioned you mentioned that um you've been commended for how you talk to mm. very senior people as if they're people I get commended because I talk to kids as if they are people and there's a lot of people who do this kind of weird like really strange thing that they do when they talk to children I can't even describe it and um, and I and I know that I connect quite well with them because I just talk to them right <laughs> um, mm. but, but it, there's no like yeah so it and I know that at least part of it is probably because of how I am as a person and, and well, the ADHD. Th that's the thing. Like, I think, uh, see, like, those sort of people who, like, talk to kids like they're different. Like, don't get me wrong. My wife will sometimes turn around and go, you realise that she's four, right? You can't talk to her like that. And <laughs> it's literally me sitting there going, no, this is this is mine. Go, no, go, just go go away. This is, this is mine. No, I'm not sharing it. Yeah. But, um, see... I have a, like, just quick tangent, but I have a, I only have one kidney. Okay. So I spent years going to the hospital mm -hmm. and I used, when I was about 13, I started getting really sharp pains and the doctor said to me, he said, can you describe the pain? And I said, yeah, it's like I'm getting stabbed. And instead of going, right, I understand what you mean. It's a sharp pain. It's intense. Right. I understand. Yeah. He said, right. But how would you know what being stabbed's like? Yeah, exactly. Is that? That, 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 that's not the point you understand it's a metaphor or a simile sorry to be accurate but anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, just so thank you very much for for doing this genuinely uh, it's it is great and it, it's this whole thing where like we paused 15 minutes ago to to wrap up and, <laughs> kept up going. and here we are yeah i don't know you've had some process no, but it's it's the whole thing where like we spoke about this and said like, how long is this going to be? And I was like, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. And I think he said, oh, it'd be good if it was short and snappy. It was like twenty minutes. And everyone was like, in my head, I was like, that'd be great. That's not going to happen. But it'd be oh. great. Um, but and the thing is, I hope anyone listening to this is able. I, I feel like 
ADHD conversations are almost like putting a password on a conversation uh, because you aren't going to be able to keep track of what we're saying. Um, so I'm, I hope people can, I hope people understand because we have kind of jumped back and forth quite a lot and I'm not going to lie, I'm going to try and not edit um, okay. All right. because I think it's, I don't want to have something where it's like, here's a perfectly structured conversation uh, because yeah. it's not. It feels, a bit, it feels more authentic. It is. Uh, that's exactly it's it. so important. Like, mm. I actually cannot underline how important that is. It's, no, I... It's important for success, like, to feel mm. successful. Like, you have to be authentic to who you are. It underpins all of it. And that's whatever, whether you have ADHD or whatever's going on in your life, you have to mm -hmm. pretend to be something you're not. So there we have it. You've been listening to Are We There Yet? The podcast about success for people with ADHD. If you enjoyed today's episode, give us a positive review on CastBox, Apple Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you wait for the next episode, join us at the ADHD party by going to www.adhd-hub.com. If you do want to see more of Dr Ducky, you'll find her on Twitter at ADHDucky. And if you like the music that you heard today, it was made by a creator who is also ADHD as well, who you can also find at You Won't Find Them on Twitter. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the ADHD Hub, a place created by people with ADHD for people with ADHD. If you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast, drop us an email at support at adhd-hub.com or get in touch with me directly. I can be found on Twitter at ADHDme or on TikTok with the same details. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.